Welcome to Talking in Stations, a podcast about EVE Online recorded live on Twitch, Saturdays, 1500 Universal Time. I'm Matterall from Imperium News. Over the years, the Council of Stellar Management Candidates had relied on reputation, popularity, and constituencies to put them into office. During the early days of the CSM elections, the campaigns were waged with homemade videos and forum posts. That evolved into appearances on fan sites and media sites like Eve Radio. Blogs and podcasts were also favorites for campaign stops. Jade Cougar's Lost in Eve, or Alexei's Declarations of War, held debates or roundtables that gave candidates a place to show what they knew. By 2013, Xander Fina's Crossing Zebras podcast set out to interview all candidates, 31 at the time, as something of a publicity stunt. The interviews created hours of listening joy for gym workouts and driving commutes. The following year, Caps Stable set out to do the same, but by 2015, the candidates list reached 75. The team interviewers covered as many as they could. That led to funny moments like one where the interviewer was secretly broadcasting from his closet to avoid angering his wife. This year, I was invited to help Caps Stable conduct their third year of interviews but most of the members had moved on or were too busy. The CSM incumbents announced that they would not take interviews with Capstable, having been dissatisfied with last year's interviews. Either way, it was clear the interviews were not going to happen. Noisy Gamer, a member of the team, had clearly done a lot of prep work, so I asked TIS fans over Twitter if they were interested in hearing interviews. 80% of poll responders said yes, I set up office hours twice a day for seven days on Talking In Station's Discord. That captured 25 videos and a couple of roundtables. You can find all this on the podcast feed and Talking In Station's YouTube channel. Although I consider the effort a successful endeavor, it could have been done under Capstable's banner instead of doing it for this show. It never occurred to me because it happened so fast. So that's my one regret. But the EVE Media, with all its brands and flavors, is a common effort done by a group of enthusiasts. So to learn more about CSM Institution, listen to our previous podcast on the topic. That's on this podcast that was taken two weeks ago. And stay tuned as we cover CSM 12's election cycle, today on Talking In Stations. Welcome, everyone. Today we're going to talk about the CSM, but first let me introduce my new favorite EVE player. Uh, I met him during the CSM interviews, and uh, his name is Victor. How are you, Victor? I'm very good, thank you. I don't know why you think I'm your favorite, but thanks very much. It happens. I have, like, things things like catch my eye in this game, and all of a sudden I I can't stop uh, from saying this is my new favorite thing. And um, Basically means you're doomed. Like the rest of us, you're going to be cast aside at some point. <laughs> oh, my new favorite. Yeah, who's right. Victor? Whatever. <laughs> All right. So the what I wanted to talk about with you, Victor, was the actually what happened early on for the audience, so they can kind of understand what the what the process was. 
was we opened up these office hours and people showed up and said, yeah, I'll be there. And I wrote emails to everybody in the game so that everybody had a fair chance to kind of know that this was happening, incumbent or not. And uh, one of the guys that responded was this Russian guy. And he was, uh, I heard some mechanical thing happening as if he was loading ammunition into a gun. So I asked him, are you loading a gun? And he said, no, that's my mom. She's sewing. (laughs) So I felt so bad about that. Because here I'm imagining this guy's trying to get on the CSM and uh, his mom is like sewing his clothes. And I thought, oh, I don't think I can do these hostile interviews. And then I think the very next one was you. And I was like, I like this guy too much to try to derail him or to make him look bad or anything like that. So thanks to you, Victor, my whole interview uh, style kind of changed and became more about how cool are you? That sort of thing. Oh, that's all right. All you have to do is look at my killboard and uh, I kind of like put myself down anyway. So (laughs) Your killboard does all the talking. Yeah, Uh, it does. And that was pretty funny because that was what was genuine was that you're like, yeah, I lost a freighter by jumping it into head GP. (laughs) I couldn't stop laughing at that. And they're like, but I learned my lesson. And then later in the conversation, you say, oh, I lost a freighter going through Rancer. (laughs) But I learned my lesson there too. Yeah, exactly. You just live and learn. Yeah. So you have one one uh, null sec lesson and you have one low sec lesson. It's pretty funny. So yeah, I wanted to ask you again, like uh, you're no longer on the CSM ballots and stuff, but when you decided that you were going to run, how? what made you decide to do it? Yeah, basically I just, you know, followed the previous CSM and the previous summit. I only came into it fairly new. Like I you know, told you before, I'm um, doing the podcast that I kind of just caught up with it last year when I met people who were playing Eve and just, I guess, you know, playing the game with other people just makes you see a whole new aspect of Eve. Yeah. Um, it really gets you out of this bubble. Like after playing by myself, you know, for four years, you kind of, you, like it, it, you know, you don't care. Like it's, it's a funny thing. You don't care about the game in a social sense. You just kind of play, you know, it's like playing a first person shooter or something. You just play it for yourself and there's nothing in it. But once I met a group of guys and we all started working together, you start to see things that actually affect, you know, like how the game works as a social unit and as a community. Yeah. And and that's what just made me think, oh, yeah, well, what, you know, what can we do to to make things change or what can we, you know, how can we get things to to start moving to better the community and just, you know, better the gameplay? Um, yeah. One thing that's always bugged me, though, was player missions. And I kind of just, you know. So I'm going to fix these. Just... Well, yeah. Well, when I was playing by myself, I just kind of got over it and stopped doing it and just got into marketing and industry. And, you know, that was just to make is so I could keep playing the game sort of thing. But, yeah, when I started playing with other people, yeah, I was, you know, going into Nelsec and doing other things and learning about other things. Yeah. So the idea is you want to, like, you know, help the game. So what you're watching here is the, uh, this is you escaping a freighter gank, a freighter gank it looks like. Uh, yes, um, there is a, yeah, there's a video on YouTube uh, that I kindly uh, borrowed from Marky Dragon while he was live streaming. Um, <laughs> I, I should mention that because that is his uh, footage that I've uh, borrowed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, basically he was live streaming Burn Jeter. And I was watching him live stream Burn Jeter, and I saw that there was a Fenra tackled on the perimeter gate. So I thought, oh, well, I need to get out because I've got courier orders to do. So I thought, well, let's just take my Raya out that way. And uh, 
I should be able to slip past because they're, they're busy with the Fenra. Unfortunately, when I landed through the gate, a McCarroll kept bumping me and I was being bumped for a good 25 minutes and I couldn't walk. So I think that's a bug as well because uh, people were telling me I should have been able to walk. Um, I'm not sure the official sort of, you know, whether you, you are supposed to warp or not. But, um, yeah, apparently, I you know, I didn't warp. And, yeah, the next minute these guys came in. Uh, once the Fenrar got away, I don't know if he logged down or not, but he got away. And then basically you're seeing there is the 100-plus um, Corsair, Corsair, I think you had to say it, mm-hmm. gank fleet come in. And there was also smart bombs and things going off as well. I actually got down to half hull. And oh. thankfully, I had some friendly firefighters, as they call themselves, uh, repping me. Uh, just random people, just on the gate, repping friendly uh, freight or fr- freighters, you know, providing yeah. a friendly, safe service. Trying to troll um, trolls. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, very lucky. But yeah, I got to half hull um, by the time Concord showed up. And then obviously, you can see there, uh, there's a lot of lag and things going on uh, when Concord comes in, which is always fun. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. We'll we let that play out a little bit. We're actually going to now uh, move into CSM candidates because we've got a condensed show with a lot to talk about. Um, but stick around and uh, be a part of the fun. Yeah, no worries, man. It's uh, it's great to have you here. The next thing we're going to see is the how to vote video by CCP Logibro. All right, rolling how videos. To vote. Just make sure you go do it because it's complicated, right? right, Yeah, it it is a little bit more complicated than uh, first past the post. All right. Hello, Capsuleers. My name is CCB Logibro, and I am one of the CSM coordinators here at CCB Games. The elections for the 12th Council of Standalone Management start soon on March 6, and CCB encourage you to get involved and vote for those candidates you feel are best equipped to represent the players and advise CCP on EVE's development. Today, I'll be explaining how the voting system works, and showing you how to use the online voting portal to cast your vote into the tally. Even if you've voted in the past, you should watch this video, as you might learn something new, or at least get a better understanding of how the voting works. All of the CSM resources are available in the CSM section of the EVE Online community portal, which can be found by visiting csm.eveonline.com. During an election, there are two relevant pages, the Candidates page and the Voting page. The Candidates page can be accessed by clicking Candidates on the left-hand menu bar. Here you can find a complete listing of candidates running in the current election. The order of candidates is randomly picked each time the page is loaded, and you can click on a candidate to find out more about them and their platform. Once you have done looking at the various candidates and determining which ones you like most, you can then move on to voting. The voting page can be accessed by clicking vote on the left hand menu bar. From here, you can then pick which candidates you wish to vote for. The CSM election uses the single transferable voting system. This system allows you to order candidates by preference and have your vote move between them as they are either elected or eliminated to ensure that your vote still retains impact. A more practical example would be if your first preference is eliminated due to not having enough votes, your vote would then be moved to your second preference. If your second preference then had twice as many votes as they needed, a number known as quota, then half your vote's value would be moved to your third preference. This continues down the line of preferences until either a council is elected, or the remainder of your vote has moved through all of your preferences without being used, at which point the remainder it becomes exhausted. This means 
that you can set a preference as either a candidate is very popular and will have an excess of votes or a candidate that is not very popular and is unlikely to get many votes without wasting your vote in either case. In the CSM 12 election, there are 10 positions on the council and you have 10 preferences you can choose. While you are not required to select all 10 preferences to submit your vote, we recommend you do so to get the full potential value of your vote. Remember, the order in which you rank the candidates is important as your vote will move between them in the order you pick. The voting page presents all the candidates in a random order. You can search for candidates by character name using this search field here, or you can choose to sort the list of candidates alphabetically by clicking this button here. You can also drag and drop the candidates in the list to reorder them if you wish, for instance, to move a candidate you are not going to vote for to the bottom of the list so they're out of the way. To add a candidate to the voting list, you can either double-click them or click and drag them to the list of votes. To remove a candidate, click and drag them down to the candidate list again. When you have multiple candidates in the voting list, you can also click and drag them to reorganize the order of your candidates. Remember, the order is important, so make sure that your candidates are in the correct order before submitting. Once you have built your voting list, you can then click the submit button to send us your vote. Only Omega accounts can vote, and each account may only vote once. Once a vote has been submitted, it cannot be changed under any circumstances. All votes are anonymous, and no one can link a particular vote to a particular account. While browsing the internet for more information on the election, you may find links to suggested ballots. These work by automatically filling in the search box with the number of candidates in a certain order. If you wish to follow this, you must add the candidates yourself to the voting list. You can also create and share a link like this by typing in the candidate names separated by commas, and then copying the URL for the page. Clicking these links will not automatically submit a vote for you. And that's how you vote in the CSM election. Voting for CSM 12 opens on March 6th and runs until March 26th. The results will be announced on stage at FanFest 2017 on April 6th. Until then, happy voting. The voting system's very, it's pretty much the same as the Australian voting system, actually. Except, the, except it's not a crime to not vote here. <laughs> well, true. Although I did get away for many years without, even when I joined the army, I didn't even get fined for not registering. And we actually talked about ironic. that last night, right? We should go to the Australian system. Was that you that brought that up, uh, Matterall, or was that uh, like Neville? Or... Oh, it might have been Neville. Well, yeah, <laughs> that we should go to that game where it requires you. If you want, if you want to play Eve, you're going to have to vote. I'm like, oh, the Australian system. <laughs> uh, okay, if we're not if we're not getting sound on the videos, uh, we could just leave it running while we talk, right? Well, yeah. Well, look, you go in there. There's a big giant mismatch <laughs> of people that are there, right? And you select the ones you want to, and you put them in the order. They, they, it's 10, right? There's 10 that go on the ballot this year? Yep, there's 10 on the ballot this yeah. year. Hold on. You know, one thing we didn't do because we, we're switching the show around. We're in transition. Um, so there's a little bit of hiccups. I didn't introduce you guys. Um, no, you didn't. Know who we are. I don't think you're, you, you you really so do, enamored right? by your favorite new person. You completely forgot the rest of us. <laughs> like, 
How could you? You've been downgraded. Forgot my old. <laughs> yeah, my who old knows? Friends. Screw us. Right, we well, ain't the favourites no more. I'll introduce you to make it quick, but Tiberius Stargazer, Dirk McGurk, these are well-known figures. We're going to have Apothne here a little bit later. He's going to come in for the new segment. Salvin have... Harden, do you know who I am? <laughs> do you know that I've lived in Nullsec? <laughs> noisy gamer who's with us today as well. Uh, why don't you explain that uh, inside joke, Dirk McGurk? Oh, well, well, there was just a, there was a thing yesterday on Crossing Zebra's uh, uh, Discord, <laughs> and there there was just one of those moments where somebody's like, they're having a, they're having a discussion about uh, what was it? They were having a discussion about sovereignty mechanics or whatever, and like it was a little yeah. back and forth. And somebody goes, somebody's like, well, you know, have you ever lived in Null? And there was this moment. <laughs> Where it then went to complete shit. Where, where basically, where basically, <laughs> basically, Sullivan was like, "Do you even know who I am?" <laughs> and, it, and then it de- completely degraded from there. But whatever. Yeah, the funny, the, the, the funny joke for those who read it. The funny part about that is he was arguing with a very, very, very sharp and smart uh, spy master. So of course she knows who everybody is. Uh, so it was, it was kind of a ridiculous. Uh, thing because the next the next few questions were like well what campaigns have you been in uh how dare you you microaggress me by not knowing who i am (laughs) (laughs) all right enough of that that's some inside the beltway gossip let's call it the the uh a lot of the news site discords actually are open to the public so you can actually just join these if you have discord so crossing zebras one talking stations one the en24 one like they're all public so you can go on you can find them and you can join them yeah i think ours is listed over here right there you go okay oh that looked like trigger pulling you better not do that um <laughs> so enough of that trigger pulling the uh so let's get started we we're talking about csm candidates we did this thing where we had uh interviews with people uh to give them a place to you know uh get some exposure and uh, out of the 64 total candidates we picked up 25 which is a good you know 39 40% and gave them the group of them was like 10,000 listens uh on the podcast uh and the that's all of them combined and the uh YouTube stuff had about uh, 500 more from the mistake or less than that actually, but you know, they got some exposure out of it and stuff like that. So what, how's that measure up to years before when this was done? Well, I, like when uh, caps table was doing it uh, just uh, as an example for last year, last year they did, they, they interviewed 36 candidates of which 30 actually wound up on the ballot because Capstable would go ahead and pre-interview would interview people before the ballot came out, and so they always would have interviews with people that that weren't running. Uh, so they 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 had they did thirty out of fifty three, so that was less than sixty percent. It seems that that's about the percentage. Uh, anything that over fifty percent was good. So that's that's where it is in relation to uh, history. When Xander did it, there were 31 candidates, and he got all of them, or or most of them. I want to say he got like 25. He, he was pretty he, close, yeah. Yeah, the thing is, he also I think had uh, can't, interviews with candidates who didn't make it on the ballot. Mm. Uh, there was, they did. Yeah, because yeah, he did a few. Yeah, because there was one guy who, because of Xander, brought out his neo-Nazism. The guy didn't make the ballot, so that interview. At least that. Oh, was, I remember that. Which is, yeah. which is shocking because today he'd probably be a front runner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In this political wow. climate. 
<laughs> but yeah, I remember that and the, the the craziness that happened on the forums after that as well. That was that was yeah. crazy business. And that yeah. was yeah. So Sander made some news that way, and it was like really really good. He got a high percentage, but some of them uh, all I I think James, I think he interviewed James three fifteen. I'm not sure. It looked like there was some discussion about it, so I don't know if you did or didn't, but. Maybe we're getting more candidates now because we're actually giving them airtime. <laughs> right. <laughs> because that yeah. that election there, that was really the first time anybody had done kind of a, you know, a major push to interview people. Before that, it was more roundtables and debates kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, if you – beforehand, I think the only real thing that really – gave the players a tool to find this information was one when one of the uh, media sites decided hey we're gonna run a thing on it which is really difficult to actually get anybody in a media circle to actually do a regular thing because it is so much work and the vote match that was really the only two places you could find any info so if nobody ran anything on the media sites the only place you could go was vote match in the forums and that was it yeah that vote mass match is that still around this year Oh, that's too bad because that was kind first, of good. first year it hasn't been run, which is a big shame because it was an extraordinarily useful tool because they sent out um, a set template to all the candidates, which the candidates then responded on. And based on those responses, people could then go and use a matrix uh, where they put in their own responses and then it would match them up with the candidates that best matched them. But I don't know why it wasn't run this year. I, I haven't heard any news or information, but it is, it is a bit sad that it's it's not running. All right, but- it, it would have been it would have been hard for Deidre to run that this year because he usually wouldn't run it until the ballot was announced. But the ballot was announced, you know, six days before the election starts. So I don't know if he would have had time to to run that, even if he wanted to. That's the thing. Was this is this unusual that it was only a six day between official candidates being announced and election day? Is that I wanna, more? I want to say that it was at least two weeks in the past, but this year we got a really late start, and I don't know if that was because of the situation in CSM ten uh, or or what. Because I mean, on the, January fifteenth there were nine people who had announced that they were running on the Evo forums. And usually in the past past few years, that number was like 20 or 25. Yeah. Mm. So there's very few candidates up front. And it well, probably that's what encouraged a lot of, of people it, to jump part, in. Part of it was a delay in, you know, part of it was a delay in, in uh, CCP really coming out and saying anything too. I think we had about a week or two weeks earlier last year when they actually made mention of, Hey, it's CSM election season. So you had some people mm. that were kind of jumping in, early but not that many because the whole thing seems like it was delayed that's true people were even asking like are they is anything going on with that like yeah. it started to get noticeable but the point that i wanted to get to was how does this year compare with previous years as far as exposure not just uh, talking in stations interviews but ashtarothy had some ashtarothy had some and then there was some uh, debates on statecraft uh, that are continuing this weekend so overall, it's about the same amount of coverage, even though it's a condensed period of time. Yeah, like historic, like mm. I think Cap Stable with the podcasts, you know, dominated last year. Uh, but, you know, you have places like Eventy who have their written questionnaire that gets filled out. And I think, I think like almost 20, is it going to be, is it going to, are they going to hit uh, 20? Uh, we've gone past 20. Actually, hang on, I'll tell you. I want to say it's about 25 have responded so far. 
and they're getting published for a day at the moment. Yeah, so that's like a really good place to go if people don't if people prefer reading instead of listening to podcasts, that's a really good place to go. So yeah, I think it I think it's about even if not maybe a little bit more this year. There you go, plus, 22. Yeah. Plus 22. there's, you know, uh Noisy Gamer, you have a great sheet up that shows, you know, how you can get information on these candidates. I think EM24 does with Tiberius's writing and uh, Reaver's doing something for uh, Imperium News this weekend. So there's definitely a lot of information out there, but it is a lot of information in a short amount of time, which was one of the complaints that we were putting out multiple podcasts per day, and it was too much information, basically, for somebody who wanted to hear it all. Yeah, because certainly, certainly the old the cap stable ones they were published over the space of I, th- I want to say a couple of months off the top of my head. You know, there was a you know, one or two coming out every day or every other day, something like that. And it was much more spaced out, much more spread out. Because they left, they they started preparing to do this. And then quite last minute, so it went, no, we're not going to do it this year. It's meant that everybody else is suddenly going, oh my God, we haven't got this thing to do. So everybody's now scrambling to try and fill this void um, that they've left. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody out there had plans to be doing, you know, interviews because they figured, hey, Cap Stable's going to take care of it. They do a fine job with it, <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, and then when it, and then when it was like they didn't come through, you know, everybody was like, oh, well, well, we we should do something, you know. It, and it goes back again to you know, kind of what we said for a long time, right? That I really do wish because there's a lot of effort that goes into this. I mean, the hours that matter, the hours just in terms of, uh, you know amount of time that Matterall has put into this and anybody else who's done any of the interviews, uh, you know, Ash did, did, did far fewer, uh, Rick Javix did, you know, did some, the work that noisy gamer puts into it for the stuff on his site, right. You know, a, a lot of work, but then when you look at the hours that Matterall had like open hours, like before he went to work in the morning, uh, at night, uh, you, know, uh, you know, it was just crazy. There needs to be something where people in the Eve media, if they want to do this public service, okay, for the Eve community out there, uh, work together, people. Work together. Um, <laughs> you know, yes, yes. You know what? You may not like INN. You may not like Crossing Z. Guess what? You know what? You are not INN. You are not Crossing Zebras. You know, come together. Find a place that you can do it at and work together. Spread kind of the effort. Leverage off of one another. Quit, quit recreating the wheel. There doesn't need to be four different versions of an interview with a particular person out there. There just needs to be one quality one. You're the one that actually brought it to my attention. It's like, why is everybody recreating the wheel? And I was like, I don't know. And I'm kind of embarrassed to be in this position of doing this all on my own. And I said, in my defense at the time, it's the only way I can rely on it being something that happens because it's just me and it's just office hours. It's my own kind of contribution or sacrifice. And I don't have to depend on anybody that doesn't show up, that sort of thing. That's but, the, that right there is is really the big hurdle, okay? And it's the big hurdle with a lot of people in real life, right? If you want something done right, do it yourself, kind of a kind of a mentality that I can't I can't rely on other people to come through the way I would. So therefore, I'm going to put it all upon myself. And I don't know, you yeah, know. Well, that's for the showing up on time stuff. But I did have a lot of help. Um, obviously, this was all based on noisy gamers' work. Uh, and second, I had uh, Sunshine Harvester, who's uh, um, also part of the Discord, who is from uh, Australia, actually. Victor, there's a countryman. Nice. And he did a lot of the sound quality for the voices. So I would record, dump it into a folder. He would 
uh, QC the sound and return it to me. Then I'd put it into the package and send it out. That's how it was a little more quality than just grabbing the audio and sticking it in there. So thanks to him for, for that. I think the point is well taken that I, I didn't, I came into this totally backwards, but it would have been just as easy for me to hand all that stuff over to, you know, CSM watch or, or cap stable people. You know, I could have done all this work and just handed it over to them and it would have been like they did it pretty much. So I, I wish I'd thought of that before I'd started. Cause I think that's, the way I probably would have done it. That kind of thing takes planning. I remember last year, Cap Stable had asked me to be a part of the thing that they were doing. And I think that, I think they asked me in like November. You know, so I mean, yep, you yep. really you, you really got to get the planning going early on these things in order to not have to do twenty five interviews over the course of I don't know what is it two 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 and a half weeks three weeks or whatever that you've been doing this. No, six days. So yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, like a re- you know, a really compressed. Got it. That's even worse. You know, over a really compressed period of time. You know, you you get it together. You figure out who are going to be the technicians in the background, who are going to be kind of the sources of information. Noisy's been great. You know, obviously at that part, who are going to do interviews when they're going to be available, and then you kind of like you know put the word out, you know, to how you're going to do it, so that you can so, so that you can do it in a in a slightly more leisurely way than, than this compressed thing with, you know, with only one person doing it. Yeah. The other thing is, is that cap stable was willing to do interviews that they knew were that, and they were willing to do the work and put like hours and hours of work into an interview and then have it, the candidate not run. They were just willing to go ahead and do that. And like last year, one out of six interviews, uh, the person wound up not running. So it's, it's that's how they were able to do it in such a long stretch. It's really kind of awful, you know, because, I mean, maybe sometimes it's accidental. Um, like uh, the leader of test, Sapporo Jones, forgot to actually fill in the paperwork. <laughs> yeah, he didn't send off his uh, passport and things to see. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, whoops. Which is pretty, well, whoops, I did all this campaigning, and I guess I'm not running no more. <laughs> yeah, so that's clearly an accident, but there's some people who – never intend to actually run, but they just get the exposure and that sort of thing. But anyway, yeah. So all that to say it was a lot of work. It could have been done a little bit more cohesively, but I think it was an overall success, especially because every interview seemed to be worthwhile. And there was some that was really, they really surprised the heck out of me. So uh, let's move on to the highlights of the season, the CSM season, not necessarily TIS uh, interviews, but what did you guys, what are some highlights of this uh, election cycle for you guys? Too many people. Yeah, yeah, there is. There is. But this is a thing that amazes me. Well, like four years ago, there was only there was like we were having this discussion before the show. There was only like thirty odd people that would run for CSM, and all of a sudden, a massive explosion of candidates. And now we currently have sixty four, which is a lot. But so far, my highlight is Zanuria sending me a video saying, "I vote for me. I am an orb," and then him just doing a dance, which is just both bizarre and hilarious <laughs> all at the same time. Uh, so, <laughs> but, but it's something you'll well, always have, so there you go. Yeah, I will still feel every time I, I look at the name, the, the reaction I get inside every when I saw that video for the first time, I was like, what is going on in this world? <laughs> I am a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're still coming in. I mean, some of my favorites so far have been uh, people like uh, Roden, who... 
is campaigning so hard. He is on every single platform you can get everywhere. And he seems to be very researching his subjects. But, you know, if that's one candidate, you can't find any any shortage of information on, that's him. Uh, Victor, who are you going to throw your support to, your whole constituency? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm not on there. Uh, I don't know. I liked, um, er- was it Erica, her accessibility kind of ideas. That mm-hmm. was really, really yeah. neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think that's a really cool thing. But, I mean, another thing that's interesting is that I'm pretty sure all the previous CSMs are going up for re-election. Not all. If I'm not, not all? Okay. Yeah. Well, I think no, um, all um, Apothne is joining so the, us finally. So I just want to say hi, Apothne. Hello. Hi. Okay, so this is this is your other favorite because you actually break the whole show to say hi to him, yeah. <laughs> we'll fix but, um, this. We'll fix this. Yeah, so there's nine incumbents rerunning this year, and that's Steve Renukin, Zanuria, the Judge, Jintan, oh. Arif, Bobmon, Indominate, Noobman, and Sullen Decimus. Dirk's getting triggered. I could see it in his eyes. Why am I getting triggered? <laughs> incumbencies. <laughs> No, single, single year incumbencies are fine. Yeah, fine. You want to go for two terms? That's fine. I think that's I think that's absolutely great. I said, you know, when you get out into the three and four realm, no, I think you need to cut cut yourself cut yourself off. Go cold turkey for a couple seasons at least. <laughs> well, for me, it was uh, the, the interviews kind of started powering themselves because I got to meet interesting people from all over. And some of the ones that I thought like, okay, let's do this. You don't have a chance, but let's do this interview. Blew me away, and um, I'm happy to have been blown away. But like uh, Gecko uh, from Pravi, who talks about player history, I was just fascinated with that. Yep. Same with Javen was amazing from Eve Uni. Uh, his just his outlook and just uh, how he's more. He, he reminded me of a, like a Jedi librarian. What <laughs> 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 was going through my head after a while? It's like these guys. To me, that's pretty amazing. But we caught moments like uh, I was doing Suetonia's interview and in pops reload and he's like hey how's it going <laughs> in the middle of the <laughs> i was like leave it <laughs> and i was like okay you two same same room tell me about mr hyde what went wrong there because <laughs> they're two out of the three <laughs> players or actually two out of four um and they kind of explained it a little bit which is interesting you know and then reload had his own interview which is pretty interesting because he does a lot of videos and he's doing something really amazing he's on serenity server going over there and he's doing a little uh, documentary on that, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, a little PvP tournament type thing. Yeah. They don't um, have an election, do they? they, they no, there's no, they there's no, There's no Serenity-based CSM, right? Or Politburo or whatever it is that you no, might have isn't. over there. No, I mean, I they have their own version of the of the Pope. They have, they have like a Space Pope version, but they don't have their own version of the CSM. Has the Space Pope <laughs> in, 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 on the Serenity server been declared a uh, an enemy of the state? Or? It's a schism, yeah. Space <laughs> Mao. Space Mao, like It's like go. a French Pope. It doesn't count. Yeah. Well, well way to offend our French viewers, matter of <laughs> Yeah, both, both of them. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm with you. I love French. Yeah, so... We can't even export democracy to the Chinese. Things. He just loves French. <laughs> just love French. Yeah. Vive la France. There I had know. a second word, but I was like, hmm, toast? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, this is, I'm going to take that shovel out of your hands now so you stop yeah, digging yeah. this hole any deeper. Right. 
All right. Thank you. Uh, so those were some of my highlights. We're getting to know some of these guys that I would probably not cross paths with and realizing, um, like Victor here, that I have so much in common with them. And that was, uh, that was a big deal for me. That was, you know, my winning thing. But who's, who do you think is going to win, you guys? Um, Eve's going to win. Oh, I forgot to say, I think oh, Yin, Yin, Tan, <laughs> Yin Tan did a really good interview. And I think it's definitely worth a listen. Uh, and I, I kind of thought, I hope he's not on the fence, but you know, if if he's as like clear mind, clear minded, and talkative and uh, informative as he is here, then he's a shoe in. Yeah, I think. No, I think the amount of Yeah, well, it's true. No sec is going to win. That's probably something we want to talk about. Why so many no sec mm, no candidates sec. apply? But Jin Jintan is definitely a, a high on my list, just mainly because the amount of work puts in. Yeah. Well, let's say about Nullsec, though. Who's back? You have Sort Dragon, who's coming back after skipping a term. You have Vince uh, Draken from NC, our boss, uh, who is running. And you have, for him, you have uh, Lady Scarlet campaigning to the renter, the vast number of renters that are out there. So, You're going to their renter demographic? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> this, is, this is where the Northern Coalition Party has to, uh, yeah, coalesce. Has to reach into. So noisy, vote or we kick you out your space. There you go. Noisy didn't didn't ten percent uh, discount. Didn't renters uh, in the past get a discount if they voted? Uh, didn't that happen in the past? Yeah, Xdeath with his with Shadow of Xdeath was offering uh, discounts on the rentals if they voted for him, and he didn't win immediately. He, he but he so wound no up discounts. Getting, so, but he did wind up on the uh, on CSM on CSM 10 as a replacement, like the second or third replacement. And then I think he like made four posts to complain about stuff and left. Hmm. He made about four posts and left. But, uh, so that's kind of an interesting relationship between Vassars and, uh, I don't know. What's the opposite. Mm-hmm. I mean, English, um, you English guys would know. I don't. So, I mean, but as far as like alliances, the usual candidates are out again in force again. Um, like Goonswarm Federation has um, five candidates so far this year. Three of them are incumbents. Um, so they're putting in a good force. They're certainly the largest representative alliance. Uh, PL has three. NC has two. Um, we got two from Circular 2. Uh, who else have we got on this list? A couple from Darkness. PL had like um, 15 last year. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. loads. Yeah. Yeah, last year, last year the winners uh, were basically uh, the Imperium, PL, uh, if you include Nubman as part of PL because he's got PL uh, cap alts, and then Steve. That was basically who won last year. All right, so so the, the way the Imperium does it is a little bit different, right? They are going with that, you know, we are a political machine kind of thing in this. PL, on the other hand... Like the people that were up there, look, Bob Mon was not up because he was some sort of PL thing, right? I mean, he was up because of, you know, his Eve News 24 connection and, and well, and casino money. But you know, <laughs> Nash, Yo. Nash was not there as you know, that, right? I mean, you know, the other people, it's not really like they're putting people up, right? It just happens to be people from PL. And PL, you know, happens to have people that have some name recognition, you know, you know, in, you know, in that area. I yeah. think that the PL and for all sorts uh, Imperium of are kind of like the complete opposite ends of the spectrum where the Imperium are that very organized political block 
and PLR, a loose collection of people that happen to work together sometimes, occasionally, maybe. So like like Hyde and Nash had only just joined, and neither of them in their time in PL spent much time there. Um, I was I was running, and I wasn't particularly using anything I'd done with PL for what I was running on. Um, like Bobmon, I have no idea what Bobmon is supposed to represent, but um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, are we, are we going to consider know. Suetonia a goon swarm candidate? Right, maybe so they shouldn't. If people, he listens, okay, people in PL when he announced. I don't remember. You really shouldn't because yeah, uh, if you listen to his interview, he very much says, I'm, I'm not in it for the culture. I'm in it for the uh, exposure to um, younger players, newer players, and he's having a great time, but he's not endorsing them. They're not endorsing him that I know of. Maybe they are. Yeah. Like, but Like some corps and alliances in EVE are very, you're in this corp and alliance and that's who you are. And there's like a big deal of identity for the player. But some players, like they are who they are and they are in this corp for this reason and they will happily move the next day or wherever because of whatever reasons. Yeah, well, part of the problem that like Suetonia is going to have is that there are 64 candidates. And so what people do is they have to, uh, have a quick way to winnow down who they're going to look at. And so one of the things, first things that you do is you look, oh, what alliance are they in? Oh, he's in Goon Swarm. Bop, drop him off. Uh, I don't see Suetonia not getting on there. He's got that name recognition. At, at, this point, at this point, the only person that I'm willing to say is going to get on is Aerith. You think it's all up in the air? I think it's all up in the air, and it depends on turnout. Noisy, I will bet you a billionesque Suetonia gets on the CSM. Uh, I don't. I might, like I said, I have no clue what's going to happen, so I'm not going to make any bets because I might get banned. Yeah, the thing is, I don't know that Suetonia is going to get on, but I'm not going to say that he's not going to get on. I'm saying it depends totally on how many people come out to vote on who gets elected. And how does that play out, though? Hold on a second, Apothne. Hold on. Tell me why that is the case. What's a higher turnout favor, and what's a lower turnout hurt? Okay, the higher turnout hurts the nullsec blocks. Uh, because what happens is uh, the quota in these uh, single transferable vote goes up. And so you have to get more votes in order to get your candidate on. So let's say that you have 22,000 votes like we had last year. Then that means that Aerith and, and Nominate get on easily. And then they have enough to have, you know, whoever number three is have coattails. But if we have, I don't know, let's say that we go up to 35,000 votes then that means to guarantee that both Aerith and, and Nominate get on, they're going to need 6,000 votes. And then there's going to be no coattails whatsoever. Hmm. And last year there was, by comparison, 22,347 or something votes. Yeah. And then the other thing is uh, that... How uh, many was it? 22,000? 20, 22,000. So it was a low turnout. Uh, all right. Yeah, and then then you also have to remember that last year there were fourteen candidates, and then this year there were ten candidates or fourteen spots, and this year there's ten. So it, it's really bumping up the number that you need in order to guarantee that your guy is going to get on. I mean, it, again, name recognition plays a really big role in all of this, right? So does organization. Uh, Vince Strachan has got some name recognition. He's got organization behind him, and 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 I just don't know. I just don't know if it's enough. Yeah, I mean, before I heard that uh, Brothers of Tangra was uh, basically being told to vote for Vince, I was I was almost get, I, I was almost willing to bet that Vince wouldn't get on. But now, I'm not sure. 
I mean, you know, as far as to, you know, as far as Tutonia goes, you know, in the absence of let's say reload, I would say probably yes. But I, I think there be, you know, there will be some vote splitting there amongst the types that 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 uh, kind of like both and don't know who to go with first. Mm, totally. Who gets the troll vote? Since scenarios. Uh, I think it's, uh, um, not right. necessarily a strictly true statement that a higher voter turnout is worse for the null sec blocks because it's it got to make it bad for everybody well it, it just means that you may have inspired a higher turnout in null sec which means the null sec blocks are doing better it, yeah it, but that... like if, if you mean there's a higher turnout percentage wise across the board split uniformly then yes that may be true but i'd be very careful in how you word it well, let's let's say that goons turn out. So so then goons will get theirs, but then they'll get theirs at the expense of the other null sec entities. Sure, Imperium's a lot smaller than what it was last year, which is a super interesting um, thing. Like they got far fewer people who will be following their ballot to a greater or lesser extent. I don't know about that because they're more. I would say condensed rather than smaller. Like there might have been a lot of SMA people that didn't really vote Imperium. They voted their own guy, Kyle Apartos, or whatever. I mean, they've dropped. I mean, obviously, the the largest, you know, Condi's still there, but they've dropped like what was it, more than half of the alliances that were in the Imperium, which you know Ooh. they would have voted on the Imperium ballot to some extent. Yeah, last year it looked like there were about thirty five hundred people that voted for either Aerith or Innominate, uh first as your first choice, so. Yeah, so it it's going to be interesting. Uh and also last year there were, it looked like there was a concentrated effort to get at least one member from each of the Imperium alliances onto the board. Hmm. Do we know what they're doing this year what the balloting looks like? The uh, official ballots. Last night on Open Comms, the person putting together the uh, the uh, the uh, the slate. He, besides uh, saying I was biased, <laughs> was going ahead and saying that he was still trying to put it together. Okay, I know that CVA has one that uh, Yintan put together and has a couple of CVA guys on there as well. I know that Horde has their own ballot. Waffles has their own ballot. So people are looking to put their representative in. Uh, Sort obviously is going to have his guys have a ballot. Then there's this high sec ballot, right? Yeah, and the sorry, high what sec- though? High sec ballot. Okay, <laughs> all right, I get, I get the joke. I get the joke. Yeah, cool. and, and that high sec ballot is going to be interesting because uh, basically because you have Commander Oz in there, and this year he's reminding me a lot of Mike Azurea right before he got elected. Mm-hmm. Uh, both him and uh, Roden have been on everything, and so is Toxic Yax. Toxic yeah. Yakin. They've mm-hmm. been every place working their butts off. They may not make it, but they're you're not gonna be able to say because they didn't try. No, I, yeah, I yeah. I've gotta be honest. I, I want to see one of them, okay, and, and and I have a hard time uh sometimes figuring out which one if I was, you know, really inclined towards towards that direction. Um to, to go with um i want to see because i think it, you know it's, it's what we talked about last night in open comms i think that you know there is something that can be built off of that organizationally um if they you know if they can kind of coalesce and at least get one of them uh you know on because 
I like the idea of them working together. It's something that doesn't really happen much with people who are kind of related to to that uh, you know to, to that fragmented high sec kind of area. I mean, they're all different candidates, but they're saying, "Hey, you know what? Um, we have commonalities. Let's let's work together." So I do want to see one of them be able to get you know you know get on and and then build off of that in the future. I think one of the super interesting things to look at is to look at last year and look at the people who got on that you didn't expect, but also the people that didn't get on that you did expect after all their campaigning and stuff, and then seeing if you can draw any commonalities between those characters and some of the styles and approaches we see this year. Like I think one of the people that a lot of people thought would probably get on was probably um was it uh joffy orcs guy like he was making tons of noise yeah. in you and he didn't end up yeah totally on. i, I was like, like uh, erica, like erica would have been on if i didn't drop out as well so like i, I think it's super interesting to look at the borderline between on and off with probably mobily probably more biased towards those who did get on because we're moving from uh you know 14 to 10 so those yeah. four people wouldn't have gotten on um uh, and seeing what kind of personalities and, and how well they campaigned and what they had behind them and, and seeing how that might correlate to some of the candidates we this see this year as to how much support they're re- realistically going to get. Do you think it would be a good idea if CCP made the CSM into structures? So say, for example, a candidate from low sec, high sec, null sec, and certain you know perspective broaden that? No matter how you split it, it would be a combination of gamed and complained that it was biased for X, Y, and Z reason. But also, it, yeah. it's a it's a but fallacy to think that a representative has only one constituent constituency in that way. We divide it up by space because it's easy to categorize in our own brain. Yeah. But I have a feeling that a player does more than one of those. Like I do all three of those layers. Uh, and probably other people do the same thing. I think, what do you guys think of splitting it up if we had to do that uh, among the categories that CCP put out during FanFest where they say we have professional players, we have casual players, we have, you know, you remember what I'm talking about, those categories? I remember what you were talking well, about. There's yeah. no yeah. such thing as a casual player being on the CSM because by nature of being on the CSM, <laughs> you become yeah. a professional Ooh. player even if you weren't beforehand because you're putting in 20 hours a week. Even yeah, if you're an alpha because they upgrade your account to Omega these days as well. Oh, the, hey. com- the community player, though, is considered, I think, a casual player. Like, you might be plugged into the meta and the news and all that kind of stuff. Like Xander, for instance, I wouldn't consider him a hardcore player, but he's he got on Well, you, you could have said the same thing about the Mitanni when he ran. You know, he wasn't necessarily in space shooting people as much as the next guy, but he certainly was on top of the political meta and the social aspect of it. Well, but he's not a fan of it. He wasn't just reporting on it. He was actually doing it. Like he's coordinating hundreds of people and he was delegating instructions that were being followed. So that's like, he is organized. He's playing the game in that way. Whereas other people are more observing the game and talking about it. Like if the blogger podcaster vote. Yeah. But anyway, I was just wondering how it slices and dices. Okay, uh, anything else on? Well, but you know, along that, it would it would be gamed I, because typically the way you see things set up in kind of a real world, right? You know, is is you know by, by districts where people reside, right? That doesn't that doesn't officially exist here. Nobody has a zip code, you know, and you know, and a voter ID from that particular district. So I mean, you could just as easily, you know, if they split it up into into categories, and one of them was let's say high sec. Let's say it was high sec industry, right? There's nothing stopping Aerith from going, I'm running in that district. 
Uh, Arith puts yeah. uh, Jump Clone in Iridia and says he's the candidate running from Iridia. And <laughs> nobody fucking yeah. knows. <laughs> but, that, but that's a very good point as well because, you know, I just having a category there just doesn't stop people from doing it. And again, there's lots of people that are involved in various bits and pieces, which so I, I just think, I think categories just. Well, and could you imagine work. trying to, <clears throat> trying to slice and dice Eve online into even 10 categories? I mean, you would still have people out there saying, I'm not represented. I don't have a category, you know, because there are just so many different, play styles i mean i i hate the idea of when we talk about null sec mm-hmm. or or high sec uh, geographies are really not a demographic in this game it's i mean it, it's play styles yeah and the only reason very thin levels in some cases and the only reason people see a lot of null sec candidates get onto the ballot is because they generally tend to be the people that spend the most time playing Eve, whether it be in client or out of client in one way or another, and do extra activities. You know, they create tools or they run events or they organize, uh, you know, in-game events, out-game, whatever they may do. Um, NOSEC candidates are the people that are most invested in into the game, and they generally are the people that have the most wide range of knowledge and abilities in comparison to a lot. Of, I well, think they, de- they, they definitely tend to have more exposure. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, again, when you see the people that win and they happen to come from NullSec, number one, they're coming from already organized groups, right? To where probably within that group, they've got name recognition, but in some cases they've got name recognition even beyond that. I mean, you look at somebody like a killer B, right? If you don't know who killer B is in the last 12 months. Now, personally, if you go back two years, no idea who fucking killer B was, but this year he was one of the lead commanders of, you know, world war B, the casino war, you know, and, and various things throughout the year. Right. So it's like name recognition is out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Noisy. Do you have anything else on CSM before we move on? Uh, not really, but I uh, do want to say that one of the reasons that the null sex seems to dominate is players self-select themselves, or I guess Jerk would say that players self-deport. Um, they what they do <laughs> is all the people that want to be organized and play in an organized manner they will naturally gravitate to to low sec or to null sec or to wormhole space, and so you have the people that don't want to be organized sitting in high sec so of course they're not going to get represented because you got to be organized in order to represent and we as the you know and we as the media right you know hold on the air quote that we as the media um (laughs) um, you know do something to perpetuate this because what do we talk about we tend to talk about things that are happening that players do right and that whole players doing it thing the stories behind that tend to evolve from places like Null sec. They tend to evolve from places like you know low sec, you know, you know, you know, in 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 some ways. But really, that whole null sec area is so filled with players doing things that get attention. Mm. Well, yeah, and on that point, it, it's not just because um, these things are happening only in null sec. Like in there, there are things that happen in low sec and high sec yep. as well. But Again, the players that live in NullSec are generally the people that want to write about these things and share about these things because it's part of their communal group that they're doing it. But it's really difficult to get 
people to talk about high sex stuff or low sex stuff or wor- even wormholes. It's like so hard to get somebody to write about what goes on the wormholes. It's just like this weird, dark, mysterious place where, with its own strange politics that nobody really understands unless you live in there. And I think that's probably one of the things that happens. It's just that people in NOSEC are generally more, hey, we want to do it. And that's a grand tradition in EVE. There's a grand tradition. NOSEC is America and the wormholes are the United Kingdom. <laughs> uh, well, okay, you know, Caleb says out there, and the content creation dominance from you know from Null is by CCP slash game design. It is. It's something we've been. Te- it's yeah. it's something that we have been saying for years. That that why do things get more attention? Because that places like Nullsec, places like Wormholes. After these are places where it's all about player driven stuff. There. Right. Um, you know, so that's why they make stories. Stories get created from places where it's the players that are in the most control of creating the narrative, you know, of creating the story that is sexy. Yeah. Well, but as you can see, evidenced by Victor here, that not everybody is into just doing the epic things and uh, being a part of, you know, giant tie dye yeah, fights. I like to fly months. around and get Charon's blown up. Yeah. <laughs> or almost. <laughs> I love survive. that. Survive. Okay, let's move on. Last half hour here, we're going to go into headlines. Uh, this is uh, something we're going to adopt, and that is headlines at the end of the show instead of the beginning, so we can get right to the topic and let guests go if they need to. Um, Victor, in this case, you're welcome to stick around. Um, but Thanks, first thing is the March new update. Favorite. Yes, my new favorite. He's gonna he's gonna hang <laughs> out with us. Guys, guys, make room on the bench for him. <laughs> Scoot over a little bit. That's rigged. rigged. <laughs> March update is a nice article for Imperium News uh, by Thel, and he goes over some of the changes that were have been discussed probably in the last week because they were announced before. But is there anything that you guys wanted to cover there that got announced? Total worth. Oh, I, I, my my EPing groweth with the total <laughs> worth. I tell you, I, I'm just going to look at that and go, look how much Iska made of him. Why don't I have any of it in my wallet? It's true. It's true. There's like, I consolidate all my wealth into one character. First of all, so I don't accidentally spend a billion dollars on something that costs one million. But second, I like looking at the big pile of money. <laughs> exactly. My story may be growing. Mine is shrinking inside itself, becoming self-aware. Like, <laughs> no, no. I, I don't want to know, man. I don't want to know how poor I am. Don't tell. It's like you open the cupboards and you just hear your stomach growl. There's no food. Yeah, that's that's my asset list, man. Yikes. Uh, right. Well, anyway, there's a, a bunch of stuff. You can check that out again on Imperium News. There's an article by Thel. It goes over uh, the bubbles and the super balance pass that's going on, super fighter balance pass, the Oracle nerf is a big deal, all this stuff that's, uh, that's in there now. Um, you there, leave my draw course alone. Is yeah. there an article by Moomin so that we can know to wait for an article by Seraph tomorrow? No. <laughs> that, that love affair belongs out there, not in here. So I mean, I want like a third writer to do a fanfic about them. Like, I think that's uh, the only reasonable next step in this process. Just in case people, just in case people don't know what we're talking about, there's a writer for Ironing called Moomin, who, and there's a writer for EN24 called Seraph, who generally, whenever one publishes an article, the other writes a rebuttal article, and then the other responds in return as well. So you get this back and forth across the two sites. It's both popcorn delicious and quite scary all at the same time they, they have their See, own little media work can get involved is they can like they can like third party overwatch on it or something <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah they have their own third CC, party. That's, see cc wouldn't do that because cc's a good media site 
Oh! 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 Day one, first demerit. Uh, <laughs> actually, the, uh, media war. I was told there was a media war. I'm trying to make yeah, it happen. Yeah, excuse me. Where's the media war? I'm here for the buffet. Yeah, sorry. Uh, the um, sorry, CCP. You goofed again. You accidentally released <laughs> early updates uh, without pictures, and I've uh, read that. Uh, that is actually mm-hmm. going to be released this Sunday. It wasn't to be released this summer. It's going to be released this Sunday. That thing that supposedly leaked out about summer? Yeah, and I was thinking, before we go into it, should we even go into it? Should we just let them actually release it and we'll cover it next week? Just let them do it. I mean, at the end of the day, if people really want to find out about it, it's it's on yeah. Reddit. Like, you can just go find it on Reddit. It's fine. Right, so. I've told and, you and, where and, to find it, though. And it's not like CCP might, like, leak something and let something slip out that's like totally false and they change their mind within 24 hours i mean yeah, yeah i'm sorry there's some you know there's some cool stuff in there i mean obviously in the minutes we you know we had heard about you know tech free cruiser rebalance and, and stuff like that right obviously that's in there you know but things that we didn't know about but had been talking about due to other you know due to other uh circumstances overhaul of asteroid fields yeah, I'm looking uh, you know, that interests me. That, that intrigues that me. That is seriously interesting. You know what I mean? Because I mean, if they do it the right way, which is a complete review of of you know mineral acquisition in this game and how it's all laid out, and you know we've talked uh, you know we've talked a number of times about you know you know the anomaly belts and everything in Nullsec and you know what the Rorquals you know is like and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, maybe this is the big review of all of that we've you know discussed. All right, uh, I need to step away for a minute. And you guys continue to talk about this, but next we're going to go to the uh, Curse Catch. Do you guys want a little more time on this, or do you want to save it for next week? The CCP stuff, sorry, to be clear. We'll save oh, it for next week. Yeah, I mean, look, there's not enough meat out there on this thing. You know, you know it's really no, just it was like a few sentences. Good. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let, let's let CCP have their surprise and their delivery the way they want it instead of uh, jumping on them for goofing and giving us giving us content before it's ready. And uh, let's talk about the Chris Catch War. Sorry, battle. Uh, why don't you tell us about that, Tiberius? You were there, right? Oh, it was dreadlicious. Nom 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 <laughs> nom nom. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Um, so there was a PL Astra House uh, down in the system of One PW TacW, uh, which I, I'm so bad. I was even there, and I can't even remember whether it was Curse or Catch, but it was one of the two. And we formed up. And test CO2 and buddies, uh, including Brave and some other people, uh, all formed up to go and sh- shoot this Astra house. Uh, so we arrived in Tech 3 Cruisers. Um, and as soon as we arrived, hello, Dreadbomb. Uh, test and, and CO2 and co dropped uh, 50 odd dreadnoughts on it, which was a bit of a shock. I was like, You're dropping dreadnoughts on the Astra house? Okay. But what they weren't expecting probably is to get counter dropped um, by PL and NC uh, with their own dread bomb. And in the end, something in the region of 50 or 60 dreadnoughts died last night, <laughs> which was crazy. But it was PL it was pretty good. NC lost 29 dreads overall or something along mm-hmm. those lines. Yep. And uh, test and CO2 lost somewhere in the region of about 40 or 50, I think, which is which is a crazy number. It's like 300 billion isk worth of stuff exploded like, it was a proper over an Astra house. Knife fight. Yeah, like, I, this was, was the first great. time I, I used my dread in actual combat. Um, and it very, like, I jumped in. My name begins with an A, so the inevitable inevitabilized. Uh, 
jumped in my next snag and jumped right back in and started blowing up dreads. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. It was such, it was such a good fight. And it was, it was one of those old school brawls that people keep writing about or reading about or reminiscing about. And here we had um, just two groups going toe to toe with dreadnoughts, which just never happens anymore. At least tweeted out. At least tweeted out yeah, at some point. Yeah, yeah, we'll just keep jumping in more dreads until you're out of ammo. <laughs> well, well, that's an interesting thing. Because of Phoebe, you jump in with your dread for the dread bomb. You die. You come back. You jump back in again. But now you're doubled up on fatigue. So if you die again and jump back out, jumping back in again means that you're stuck on that grid for another hour, dude. Unless you self-destruct that dread. Like if 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 you know if you don't die again. Yep. So the moral of the story is don't die twice. It was. It was. Then I did it twice. When I jumped back out, I then couldn't jump with that character for like another day if I wanted to get rid of the fatigue. So oh. dread bombs. So baiting Ouch. a group into a dread bomb is now a valid tactic if you want to build up their fatigue for an operation the day after, two days after, because they can't afford to do many jumps after. Therefore, after, if you see what I mean. So it's kind of the sort of shotgun effect, if you like. You got two shots, and that's it. You have to reload after that. Yeah, I, I think that messing with your opponent's fatigue is definitely a thing we're going to see much att- more attention paid to in upcoming wars. Well, it was pretty good. It, it is interesting that uh, the PL is ahead on the meta. Did you guys discuss that already? Uh, we didn't, but like that's kind of how PLs been able to do what it's done for the past many years of its existence like they were never the biggest or or necessarily the richest they just were had the most hard-working theory crafters and kind of like figured out what the next hotness was and abused it until other people caught up right but now you have a bigger gap because it's not just a balance pass this is like um this is like maybe there's a balance pass but carriers you know the fighters changing into fighters you have to to use and um, instead of just kind of deploy and wait, now it seems like there's a lot more levers to turn for um, for them. Yeah, you you you've gone from a place where people were multi-boxing supers as well as all their other stuff to you can fly a super or a carrier and not multi-box. Yeah, and and I mean the fact is NC did that very well for a very long time. They were able to have you know triple box. You once one you know a sub cap, then you have your carrier out there, and then you had your super waiting to come in if needed. So you, you could do that sort of stuff. But now carriers require a lot more attention, so I think it gets a little mm. harder. It's definitely a lot harder. I mean, you know, the the micromanagement you need to do on the fighters to have them do their jobs effectively is is it's kind of like multi boxing all by itself because you're just you're keeping an eye on five different things doing or three you know depending if you're in a car or five or three in super just keeping an eye on what are they actually doing and where they are and what's coming after them all at the same time so it's it's almost like multi boxing five frigates all by itself by themselves right um you know it's funny about this uh 1p tac w uh fight the uh the cache that was used uh, is suspected to be the same cache that ProGod sold to PL. So, so basically, Tess got beat up by their own dread cache. Anybody cover that? <laughs> well, allegedly, that's also the cache we used when we uh, did that big jump on the. You know, the first time there was a massive massacre of goon caps after they moved to Delve when PL jumped onto. I think it was like a jump bridge or something, and they lost a revenant. I think it was like Ash's revenant, maybe. 
No, it was uh, Jay's Jay Amazingness. Yeah, but that was also supposedly the test dread cache, and I yeah, think it it's going to be that story where the test dread cache keeps growing and growing and growing the more times we use dreads in that area and we go oh they're PL are using test dreads against people ah oh, PL when in fact the dread well, cache ran out on the first jump in and, and, and they never like, really were tests they were actually pro god but they were bought by uh, Lenny Kravitz so they they weren't really it's not like test built these things uh, that I'm aware of um, but they were ordered uh, for uh, pro god uh, and they were paid for by somebody else so who knows who they actually belong to but the point is the pl has has their hands on a stash down there and that's what they can be used for is a little bit of power projection in that area even though they're not there ccp terminating japanese distribution this was covered pretty well on uh i made Sayonara. a joke i made a joke that the koreans who don't really like japanese were really happy about the change but on the open comms show where it was more appropriate i probably shouldn't have said it here but it's yeah. true so that was covered very well <laughs> on uh, open comms. And well, you know what? This I'd is make a lot I... of money off the Asians, though, the Asian market. Mm. Well, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I, know I, how I, big I, it is there. We, we know niche is a, we know Eve is a niche game globally, right? I don't know what it's mm -hmm. like over over these places. You know, some people say it's really not that big in a place like Korea because it's not the type of game that really that really. Um, um, it's, you know, yeah, I mean, this thing is. Yeah, there's no Korean localization for Eve, which immediately alienated for a lot of the players down there. It, Japan was really the only Asian country that, uh, other than China, obviously, but it's kind of that's kind of a weird exception to the rule. Um, but Japan was the only country that had dedicated uh, localization, which was done through uh, a company similar to how they did China, uh, through a company called uh, Nexon, which is a huge company we're talking revenues of like 113 billion us dollars annually and employs five like five thousand people it's like the asian version of steam effectively and they managed all the the localization of the client but they also managed all the uh, pr and the sort of the sales so all the subscriptions and all the additional services were run through nexon but it's a bit i find it very very coincidental, might be just totally coincidental, that a year ago that when skill injectors came out, uh, Nexon didn't offer skill injectors, uh, extractors through all the ability to buy skill extractors because they ran a completely different sort of pay system. So the Japanese market just didn't get them. They could buy, pay for injectors with ISK, but they couldn't buy the extractors um, with real life money. And then... On top of that, there was uh, about three or four months ago, a very impassioned post on the Japanese section of the e-forums um, from a Japanese player, which is basically almost identical to the Russians uh, recently, complaining about the localization of the, the language and the client as well, saying it's generally garbage. So I don't know whether CCP, I mean, first of all, CCP not being able to promote you know the new hotness which is the skill extractors for a start in a in a um a region where you know gaming is about the same um revenue wise as as between the west and the east it's like 47 um billion dollars annually or something like that i can't write you know it's 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 each so it's a lot mm. but um yeah so it's it's that's probably kicked off the whole thing, but why CCP's done this. Uh, Tiberius, I need you to finish the show. I have to go hiking with the family, and uh, good luck. You have about four more topics in about 15 minutes. Hey! There you go. just whisk through them, then.
There's a fire. <laughs> yeah. There's a fire. Jump, jump into it. Thank you guys. I'll be back. Uh, I'll see you guys individually later. What time is it out there? Eight uh, fifteen. Yeah, I just got a question uh, on on the Japanese localization. Did mm. CCP terminate with Nexon, or did Nexon say this isn't worth our while to do this stuff anymore, and so we're just gonna like not uh, do this anymore? Don't know. We don't know that for sure. We just know that the the partnership agreement is terminated. I don't know whether it's because it's just naturally come to its end and CCP has decided not to renew it, which is also in line with the Tian City um, contract that's in China, which comes up for review as well this year. But yeah, so the the contract is coming to an end on the end of March, um, which basically means the uh, Japanese client is coming to an end completely. But it does mean that they will be able to purchase stuff directly from CCP, which includes all the services they didn't have access to before. There is like a, like a 10 or 15% increase cost-wise for them, um, which the Australian uh, viewers will probably be very familiar with. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But it means they will get access to services that, that Nexon just wasn't providing. If you want to get ripped off of everything, though. You can and say that, well, maybe CCP are about to unveil a complete, pan-Asian marketing strategy, which means that they had to completely redo all their contracts and are now going to... I mean, I don't believe anything that just came out of my mouth, but like, you know... <laughs> it would work, like, money-wise, it would work if they yeah. centralized their own system. Like, maybe the Shanghai office is about to, as well as doing Gunjack, like, actually manage that part of the world's access to EVE Online. Well, Noisy was saying to me the other day, what was it, Noise, that uh, that the TN City contract is, is up at the end of june or something like that yeah i'd heard that the tian city is at the end of june and i'm just wondering either is um are, are they getting set to just redo everything in asia or what because because or maybe maybe the chinese government's gonna let ccp actually run uh the server in china itself because yeah. they've been in they've been in uh shanghai for so long so if that, that means mean we get hold of the Chinese players get access to tranquility and serenity slowly dies. I, I don't think the Chinese government's going to let their their players go to, to tranquility, but um, it it may be that because the geopolitical situation where the Chinese government is trying to uh, get in good with the Icelandic government, that maybe they're they're willing to you know do a little nepotism or something there to let CCP slide and run their own stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any of that happening. But <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think it's just a matter of it's coming due, and it will probably be rolled over. I mean, either I mean, that or what's the company that? Why owns... disrupt what seems to be working for them over there? Yeah, and what's the company that owns uh, League of Legends and Riot? Uh, it's a big Chinese company. Maybe they're going to take over. Oh, shit, and I, I looked it up and that's serious to Um, now I don't remember who the hell it was, but whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I don't see them doing that. You know, I don't, I don't see them, you know, kind of going through that process because that over there is a, as far as Serenity goes, not only is it their entire server, right, that that they run, but everything else that is connected with TN City, you know, uh, um, Tencent. Yeah, Tencent's the one that owns them. Um, you know, that, that TN City is doing for them, that would be a major conversion, Um is it is is it really at this but, stage of the game kind of worth it for CCP? Uh, you know, I don't know. Well, they they do have their offices in Shanghai at the end of the day, so you never know. 
they might bring uh, the Tian, might cancel the Tian City contract and bring it into the CCP offices in Shanghai. Yeah, but the Tian City contract is there because of Chinese law, where it says that you have to have a Chinese company doing it. Uh, so you'd have to have some sort of geopolitical thing going in order to override that law. As Caleb said, you know, who knows? Yeah, maybe Tencent buys CCP and just. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Fa- I guess fast Beijing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually wasn't they? Didn't they hold a Chinese fan fest version of fan fest recently? Uh, yeah, I think they had something over there. Yeah, it's pretty good. I think it was for the release. I think they had a big expansion release for one of the expansions they did. We've got to tell them about Eve meat. There's probably some really good Chinese, uh, you know, Chinese player meat. <laughs> that, uh, no. Somebody might want to go to. I get some in Korea some, when I when I look at it, but I never see it in China. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but um, duck. but uh, I guess moving on from from this one because we were kind of running out of time on this. Um, anybody else following the law? Um, in respect to like the law news, which has just been going absolutely bonkers in preparation for this apparently law event in in uh, FanFest that's coming up. Matter of saying bye bye. Are you talking about the, the space bike. herpes thing or whatever it is that's going on? <laughs> the space, space herpes. Oh, the 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 Kenoki uh, plague um, or the Kenoki particle. Um, but yeah, there's there's been like normally the. The, the law side of stuff is very, very regular. Like something comes out every every sort of month or so. Um, but in the last couple of weeks, there's been something coming out every single day almost um, about this. And so it's quite in, quite interesting to see what they're kind of ramping up to. It's, it's a build-up to something that they're doing at FanFest where allegedly players will make a decision at FanFest with regards to what happens in this storyline. Yeah, it's it's we got some LARP going on, and I don't know if everybody <laughs> knows this, but uh, CCP Siegel was a pretty famous LARPer uh, before she uh, went to uh, CCP uh, back in Sweden. Is that is that a thing? Like, being, is being a famous LARPer a thing? <laughs> you can, dude. You can be a famous dude. I'm a famous internet spaceship tournament commentator like that you can be a famous <laughs> if i can be a famous that That's true. you can That's be true. a famous anything yeah but what she did she actually was she got credit as a uh, as a producer on this one tv show where they integrated the tv show with larp with uh uh entopia online uh and so there was this big thing and uh the thing that the show won like an uh, international academy award or something like that or whatever the award was. So she's actually been involved in stuff like that as like at a producer type level. And she did coordination. So it's not as silly as a, as a concept as you might think she's actually got experience doing that stuff. I guess it's wait until CCP tells us what's going on. I know, but in the meantime, you got a lot of reading on the law side of stuff, which is, you know, I just wait for Ashtarothy to write an article and then I read it and go, (laughs) Well, in okay. fact, he has. Uh, he wrote an article on uh, thingy. Oh, is that the shopping? Please don't be the shopping. Because if that's the shopping, <laughs> I'm going to have to go. It's all right. Me and Derek on, can hold check. it down. You guys hold it down. You got the sheet. <laughs> Where's Tibbs going? He, the, I think the shopping's arrived. He probably has those Tesco's deliveries, you know, when they bring it to your oh. house. Oh, the home shopping. Any- 
looking at the news uh, on my first day as a co-host, I now basically just take over the show. So, guys, yeah, I'm going to ask you a question mate. about what's going on. Um, so, we got up to Dreads, Dexon, uh, Lore. So, bit of news, somewhat related to my alliance. Uh, we've uh-huh. had the first Vendetta loss mail that went down. Hey! Um, it was a goon vendetta. I believe it was caught using, obviously, that same test dread cache, which is being used for everything because it's just such a great story. It was lost by Favonius89 of House Aratus in Goonsworn Federation. Lost to, uh, by the looks of it, uh, PL... Looks like mostly PL dreads on the mail. Uh, guys, what do you know about this, if anything? Uh, it was heard, ratting. Heard, yeah, I heard it could have been... Um, there could have been a spy involved because I heard on the rumor meal that someone was in fleet. Yeah, I think it was the case of like, I don't think it was a particularly deep spy. It was a guy you put in Karma Fleet two days ago called Awox McAwoxy face or something. (laughs) And like, and like, I don't think that was the name, but like it was a, that level. It wasn't a PL has been working their way into the inner depths of goons and used one of their, and burnt one of their highest level yeah, spies. This is, not a, this is not a four year spy waiting for, uh, waiting for, <laughs> yeah, waiting this, for was, this was a standard low level. I've got a few characters in goons in case anything cool happens and something cool. Oh happens. shit. There's a vendetta there. <laughs> well, I, I guess it's time to lock in dreads guys. Like it'll work. <laughs> okay. It's good stuff. There's um there's a couple of there's a couple of write ups on it, um and there's a few videos knocking around on YouTube as well. So uh, you know you can find out and read about that. But uh, yeah, first vendetta dead, uh, first one in history. And of um, course, it's going to be a fucking ratting one. Ugh. I know. <laughs> what else, vendetta what else goes would it be ratting. doing? <laughs> well, what else being would it used, be doing? Being used in combat by someone with testicles. Uh, exactly. The metaphorical, not necessarily physical. So, because um, we're running out of time, uh, I'm, I'm going to start wrapping up the show. Uh, what we're going to do uh, is just the usual bit, which is uh, talk about some of the meets that are coming up uh, this weekend and next weekend. Um, we got the uh, Vegas. There's a Vegas meet today, not Eve Vegas, but a Vegas meet today, which is at the Copper Keg, and that's from uh, 6 p.m. local time till late. Uh, then we have the Sydney Eve meet uh, tomorrow. That's at the Rocks, and also has a guest appearance with uh, CCP bartender as well. Um, then we also have the Toronto monthly meetup, uh, which is on the eleventh. Those guys meet up every month, and again, it's at the Amsterdam Brew House. Uh, so that starts on the eleventh at one p.m. Uh, then there's the Milwaukee March meetup, uh, which again starts from nineteen hundred, and that's at the Water Street Brewery. And then there's the Pittsburgh meetup on the 11th of March from uh, 2000, and that's at the great named Olive or Twist Bar. Um, you can find out all the information on these meetups on evemeet.net. Um, and I think we've got like three minutes to wrap this all up. So, uh, any last words, guys? I mean, we're basically right now one month from FanFest, right? So, uh, oh, yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, not the official start of it, but when people start rolling in is probably, uh, well, you yeah. uh, know. I got on the plane four weeks, two days ago. Yeah. And yeah. I get I get on a plane four weeks from today. Or, I sorry, four weeks from tomorrow. There you go. It's I'm really, really looking forward to Pamfest. Um, myself and the NT guys, we've, uh, four of us have managed to get an apartment together. There's probably uh, six or seven NT people going. Um, so we'll be sort of hanging around and doing a few things as well. I've got a presentation to do as well while we're there. Um, but I'm, I'm really hoping that the stuff that 
you know was accidentally sort of leaked out onto Reddit from the update site doesn't kind of spoil what's <laughs> it doesn't spoil what was going to be shown at FanFest. I wouldn't think it was. I mean, uh, I mean look, the information there the is not that big, Monday, right? right? Like, like I don't the, know, was it? Well, the, they said that the what was leaked, you know, the, the chat log and the T3 cruiser changes, those were update panels that were going out on Monday anyway. So that's not okay. FanFest news. That's the, it's just that they have a rough time schedule for T3 cruiser rebalance. Ta-da. Right, good. Good stuff. Um, any final words from anybody? Uh, let's start from the top of the list. Uh, Apophne, as your first. Uh, sorry, shout outs. Yep, any shout outs, final um, words? Shout outs to Matherol for hooking me up with a press pass for um, uh, FanFest. Yay. Yay. That's, that's pretty great. And for inviting me to come on the show, which is which is always nice to be invited to do things. Um, shout out to uh, My Alliance for being pretty cool. That's Pandemic Legion. And... Um, yeah, I mean, shout-outs to basically all the different pies I have my fingers in, in the most sexual way possible. <laughs> Doug? Uh, I don't know, no real shout-outs. You know what? Uh, CSM election is starting on, on the 6th. Go out, vote. Quit being obstinate about it. Yeah, some of you freaking hate the CSM. You think it should die, whatever, you know. I don't know. Try and tell a friend. Tell a friend to vote, you know. I mean, get people involved. Let's see what happens if we really had high turnout. Um, you know, maybe things will be different, uh, or we just get some more player engagement. I don't know. Go vote. It's your civic duty to Eve. Totally. Noisy. Yeah, I just want to echo kind of like what uh, Dirk said. Uh, I believe that no matter what happens, if the higher the turnout, the more cheers are going to be. It doesn't matter. I don't care who wins. I just want to see... The, I just want to see the things shaken up, and the best way to shake things up is a higher voter turnout. And also, I want to shout out the dread, the test dread cash, long mail. <laughs> and Victor, yeah, I just want to say thanks to Matterall and you guys for letting me come on and have a bit of a chat. You know, ah, uh, you're his new favourite now. You're you're always welcome. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and. Slightly, slightly far away, but in July there is Eve Down Under, so any Aussies can go in there um, check it out. Good stuff. And yeah, um, just for me, final thoughts on there. Uh, you know, once again, uh, great show. Thanks a lot, everybody, for turning up. Thank you very much to all the viewers that have turned up as well. Um, great, great turnout. Um, if CSM's coming up, check out all the different places, particularly check out Noisy's blog. Um, that's just CSM Wire. Um, I'm sure somebody will link that one in the chat for me. It's where you can go to see where all the collections of all the CSM news and information and interviews and various bits and pieces that are going on can be found. And um, make sure you go out and vote, people. Uh, as Noisy said, you know, more more votes means uh, a more diverse panel, and uh, a more diverse panel is is the best thing for the game. And remember, um, you otherwise, can't other than you don't vote. And you definitely can't complain if you can't, but if you don't vote, definitely. But uh, I guess until next week, thanks a lot and good day. <laughs>